word of the day is shalom. Shalom. By the word, by the way, I want you to know shalom. Shalom. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Get the Facts Jack, a weekly podcast from Jack County, Texas, sharing factual information to the citizens of Jack County. I am your host, Judge Brian Keith Humphreys, and to my left, Frank Hefner. How are you, man? I'm doing good, Judge. We're here on a Saturday morning. We've, we're, we're running hard. Isn't that crazy? I know. We're dedicated, dedicated to bringing you factual information to Jack County. And um, exciting information. It on top is. Of that. You know so, what? I came to the courthouse this morning. The courthouse, the lawn is packed. What yes, a beautiful sir. day. Today is our farmer's market. And I tell you what, we probably have had one of the best turnouts. We have vendors all the way around our courthouse square today. I pulled up here, and I was thinking I could, I'm not going to find a place to park. So I had to I had to pull up to the door in order to make sure I got a good place to park. And, you know, because there's too many people walking around. It's almost corner. like a social event. As I was walking into the courthouse, I had to speak to everybody, everybody. because it's all of our friends <laughs> yeah. and family and people from our community that have a product or an item to sell or, you know, or to showcase. Yes, sir. So. And, you know, the, the I think it's the, uh, the Chamber of Commerce that puts this on, and uh, they're they're promoting it very well, and uh, it's continuing to grow just within one year to the next. It is. It's amazing to see. And and the, the great thing about it is is that people that travel through our community love to see this, and they have a desire to stop and to see what it's like to live in Jack County and right. to, to see and experience the city of Jacksboro. Yeah. And uh, everybody that you'll get on this square that's around here, just they love people, yeah, and they just want to fellowship with them. Last time I was here, I invited a couple of my friends up, and they said, oh, my gosh, we just want to move to Jacksboro. I said, do it. I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some extremely special guests. This is uh, really, you know, I'm going to tell you, sometime – God just opens up incredible doors. Mm-hmm. And um, a year ago, I had the opportunity to spend some time with Omer Eschel, and uh, we developed a friendship. And now, Omer, you're here with us today. And then also, Court Weldon is here today uh, with us as well from Christian Missions. Omer has a, um, he is from Israel. Mm-hmm. To think that we have uh a friend in Israel and we have a relationship and he took the time today to come over to do a podcast and to inform the citizens of Jack County and give factual information is bigger than anything I could have ever planned. God's just good. It is, God is good. So, you know, it, it, you know, it's like the, uh, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, expanding your coast and, you know, uh, I don't know, Omar, personally, I've heard of your ministry um, just through friends from around here, and uh, everything that you're doing, you're expanding your coast and uh, uh, broadening it out, and uh, that's just blessing. That's just, it is. That just comes from the Lord. So, Omer's background, let's just give you, I'm going to brag on you quite a bit today, so um, I'm really impressed, and I, it's, it's an honor for you to be here. I just want you to know that. Uh, and then also to have this a few, I know your time is very valuable. So uh, you worked for Israelis Tourism Council. And so you were actually assigned to the Midwest. I think you had over 13 states that you represented Israel here in the United States and you promoted tourism um, 
that relationship coming back. That is correct, yeah. Then, which is normal in Israel, it's a requirement, you served in the Israeli Defense Forces. Correct. And then also, you attended Hebrew University. Also correct. See, my researchers, I have, <laughs> I have great staff researchers, but that's not it. You also um, were on staff of the um, Israeli National Parks. By the way, serves the best coffee in the entire country. That's the biggest secret in Israel, actually. Did you actually have something to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> I wish to claim fame for that. No. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. Whenever I had the opportunity, I went with Christian Missions. We went to the Bible Comes to Life um, experience in Israel. Uh, we spent 10 days, 12 days, I guess, last year in February, January, February, before COVID. Mm-hmm. And... I thought you were kidding when you mentioned that. And and it is. It's Israel's best kept secret. And people come specifically. You know, we're, we go across the country or across the world to go see these things, but they go to the coffee shop first, and then they experience all yeah. the the beauty of the national parks with a cup of coffee in their hand. The best cup of coffee in their hand, yes. Got to get them relaxed first before you get them. I th- you know, I think that the fact you can sip espresso – by looking at the city that Jesus grew up in, I think that adds to the oh, taste yeah. of the coffee. I think it does. It just makes it more, I don't know, it it biblical. It, it, biblical. Yeah. It millennializes it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere there's a yeah. he brews it joke oh, yeah. in there. So, there. Uh, yeah. I can't believe somebody didn't take that uh, kind of I got to use that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, what's uh, Moses' best uh, coffee, coffee or something? Anyway, yeah. yeah. But you were you were actually, were you the director over Qumran and then also Megiddo? Yes, yeah. I, that blows my mind. Well, you know, he drew and did the maps for Qumran. Like yeah. when everything, like the part that you see that's written, he did all the research, he did all the signs. Yeah. yeah. The, okay. the signage, the signage at, Qumran, yeah. at Qumran, you yeah. wrote that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. He's that guy. (laughs) Which is cool because of part of, I think we're going to discuss a little bit about what was discovered at Qumran just in in March of this year. And that's a huge discovery. Let's go ahead and let's talk about that. That's headlines. Sure. Uh, I mean, I know that's something that uh, Eugene Weldon has expressed to us as probably one of the most incredible recent biblical finds Mm -hmm. um, we found, or we found, was found Mm -hmm. two new books. Not new books, but scrolls, a part of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Right. right. So give us a little bit of history. How I know they've been searching. There's been a lapse of time since they had mm-hmm. found any additional books, and they just recently found that. When I, when I served on the uh, Shabbat Shalom, first of all, everybody, yes. <laughs> so uh, when I served on the, on the educational board of uh, Qumran, uh, I was in charge of the guiding, uh, training the guides in Qumran and all the Byzantine monasteries in the uh, Judean desert. And one of the questions that I had from the Ministry of Tourism, we're talking way back, we're talking 2002 or something like that. He said, so Mr. Eshel, how many uh, uh, scrolls do you think were actually found? And I said, well, Minister, I can tell you in full confidence, we found anything between 1% to 99%. Wow. And he looked at me and he said, that doesn't make statistic any ch- any sense because I said, that's exactly right. He said, what do you mean? I said, don't, don't forget, the Dead Sea Scrolls were hidden 2,000 years ago by the Cremonites. 
But in those 2,000 years, you had robbers, you had earthquakes, you had landslides, you had shift of tectonic plates. So caves had been, you know, uh, sealed and destroyed. So what we found, we might have found most of the scrolls or we might have found 1% of the scrolls. We, we cannot know. And the fact that we found 60 years, 60 years later another two books mm-hmm. of those scrolls from the exact same period of time, the exact same writing, the exact same style, it means, I got to say this, it means that, again, the word of God is everlasting. Right. Sure. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. And it also means that he's speaking now. Because yep. it's a now word. Because Especially what we found. What we found. Right. Especially Absolutely. what we found. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's the cool part about it is God's timing is so perfect. We're coming off of a global pandemic, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden these scriptures are found reiterating it's time to return. It's time to enter in. You know what I mean? And I think that's the the key. And it's about the truth. Right. And that is so key because right now there's so much false information Mm -hmm. out there, and we need to return our focus back to what the truth is, Mm -hmm. to God's word. It's amazing to me. Mm -hmm. God's timing is perfect, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. You know what's incredible about that find? You know, we have a lot of biblical uh, finding that we found all over the place uh, in, in Israel all the time that proves the Bible. By the way, we never found an archaeological discovery that disproved the Bible. Right. We never did that. Right. We always found, we found archaeological finds that are from biblical era that the Bible don't speak about, which is fine. You know, it's, yeah. it's okay. But we never found an, a, an artifact that, that basically contradict what the Bible is saying. Right. So there's a good say, you know, in English, you say if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck, right? Exactly. So the big thing, I want this for our our audience to understand the importance of the Dead Sea Scrolls, why they are so important. The Dead Sea Scrolls was written 2,200 years ago by a Jewish community in the Judean desert by the name Qumran. Me today, in the 21st century AD, I can read those scrolls like I'm reading my newspaper for Shabbat, exactly the same thing. And if I'm going to open my Bible... Book of Isaiah, Jesus' favorite book. If mm-hmm. I'm going to open a, a book of Isaiah that was found in the Dead Sea Scroll, which is the most the most complete scroll that was found, mm-hmm. is the book of Isaiah. Word for word. Word for word. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to read this, and I'm going to read the book that was, the a Bible that was printed yesterday, it's in Hebrew, it's exactly the same words. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and again, I, and I got to share this with our, with our listeners as well. Those Dead Sea Scrolls were found in 1947 A.D., they were hidden in the mountains in 68 AD, which means no one copied them mm-hmm. for the past 2,000 years. It's right. not that we had the source and we copied them again and again and again and again. We didn't. Okay? That just proves God's truth. Because if this was hidden in the ground for 2,000 years and we unearthed it, it's in exactly the same as what we read today It's the Word of mm-hmm. God. It means that it's everlasting. Mm-hmm. That's what's so important about this discovery. It's sure. not just the scroll itself. It's what's in it. Yeah. It's the yeah, content it's of contents. it, and it's consistent, and it's protected. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And what I think is interesting, too, it's over 2,000 years old. Mm-hmm. That's hard to compute for Americans in some terms because our country is only a few hundred years old. You know what I mean? So it's you look at we it. We don't from, understand that. It, it's wild. I mean, it, 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 we're, we're like the kiddos. We don't <laughs> understand that span of time. You know, in, in Israel, it's funny. We have the law of antiquity, anything dated to... After 1799 AD, it's recent event. Mm-hmm. Keep it. If you found the sword of Napoleon, keep it. Hang it in your living room. It's yours. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Well, Unbelievable. I, w- I want to talk about the, uh, at least the, about that, 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 that discovery for, for our listeners for them to understand what, what court was saying, the timing. There were two scrolls that were found. By the way, when we said books, it, it's enough to have a little tiny little piece 
that we recognize that verse, we, we know it's a whole book. You don't find a book. It doesn't look like a book. It's a fragment of a scroll. Okay? We call it the books because we know from which book it's from. Mm-hmm. Those two discoveries that were made are from two books. The book of Nahum, Nahum, and book of Zechariah, Zechariah. Okay? Zechariah chapter 8. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what Kod was just saying, the timing of God. It is the verses of what God is telling us what he likes. And this is in the midst of the pandemic, and this is in the midst of, you know, uh, uh, turbulence, and this is the midst of, you know, Iran and problems. And, and we found in the ground, God is telling us, you know what? Okay, you can play around, kids, but this is my law. This is what I want. It's unbelievable. God speaking. Absolutely. God's word that's true, and it's as, it's as applicable today as it was back then. Absolutely, yeah. Unbelievable. One of the things that I experienced um, last year on our, our trip to Israel, the Bible comes to life, is there are uh, many different tours. or There's so much to see that uh, it's a little bit overwhelming. And one of the things that you explained to me was is there are sites that are an A site, mm-hmm. a B site, and a C site. So tell our listeners because uh, I, I listened to a previous podcast, and one of the one of the interviews was well, the first thing is, is oh, well, tell me about the uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Mm-hmm. And I loved your explanation of why that is a... It's a B. A B-side. It's a B-side, yeah. And the explanation, and then, um, you know, your tours are not... They're a little bit different than mainstream. Yeah, It's not an American Express tour. It's not one that you're just going to sign up on Expedia and go experience <laughs> because you, your tours educate people based upon the Word of God. Right. And so tell our listeners a little bit about ABC. And if you want to use the uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre as the example, I, I think what a great way to, uh, to explain uh, sure. the differences. Sure, sure. So first of all, you know, th- that's, that's our name. The Bible Comes to Life. We're a travel ministry. It's a big difference from a company. Huge difference. You know, I just I encourage my, our audience, just to Google. Just Google Bible Come to Life. You'll see everything. The idea is, when I was a consul, I was the head of the diplomatic mission in, in the Midwest, as you said, I said to my wife when I left the consulate, not to become a travel agent. That's not my goal. My goal is to proclaim the Word of God, to teach the Word of God. The best way to do this in Israel is by using archaeological sites. It's a study tour. Sure. It's not a tour. It's a big difference. A regular tour will be churches, mostly, because they're free. <laughs> so the agency don't need to pay money to get in. And I always joke around by saying that the one thing you can say for sure that it was not there in the time of Jesus is a Catholic church. <laughs> <laughs> so People don't understand that. Right. Yeah. If it's a historical site, the Catholic church builds yeah. a structure on top of it. Right. And you go, and what they show you is this beautiful church. Mm-hmm. That was built in 1936, AD. Right. I would say, uh, not exactly the view that he saw. Not <laughs> exactly. So a regular tour, regular tour will be three sites a day, maybe a lot of time for shopping, a lot of time to relax. But I can see you laughing. I hate that word, shopping. I would say, people, if you want to buy stuff, go to Amazon.com, buy That's the true. knickknacks <laughs> over there. Unless it's a Dead Sea product, okay, or something made in Israel, it's made in China, like COVID. Exactly, like COVID. Like COVID. We said before, COVID is the only thing made in China that lasted more than a year. So wrong. So, (laughs) and doesn't need batteries. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so when we analyze, we, I'm going to use the system you, you just mentioned. There are A, B, and C sites in Israel. So A will be archaeologically based. B will be a deep tradition. C, a complete makeup. What do we mean? A is something that we can prove in the ground that this is it. Best example, City of David. Mm -hmm. City of David in Jerusalem, we know it's a city of David because we found the Palace of David. How do we know it's a Palace of David? Because we found little artifacts bearing names of chancellors of war that we know from the book of Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. So if they went and spoke with Jeremiah... Sorry, Jeremiah spoke with uh, uh, with the Zedekiah. They come from the same uh, uh, the same uh, bloodline. That's the palace of David. So that's an A site. Pool of Siloam is an A site. We can stand in the pool of Siloam and say this is exactly when Jesus spit on the mud and put it on the eyes of the blind of the blind man. That's an A. B will be a deep tradition. What is a deep tradition? It's usually going to be a Byzantine church, not necessarily a Catholic church that is built on a place that has a very long tradition that this is the site. There's no archaeological proof to that. It's just a tradition. That's going to be the Holy Sepulchre. We're going to touch about this in a second. Seaside is a complete makeup. Has no connection, connection. to reality whatsoever. For example, Marubi Attitude. Marubi Attitude, mm -hmm. all the groups are flocking to a Catholic church that was built in 1936 and they read the Beatitude over there. First of all, the Bible said that he went up to a nearby mountain. It doesn't say which mountain it is. Right. So how do you claim that this is the mountain? When we go to Mount Beatitude, we don't even go to the church. We go to the field. field. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. So they'll see the view, what the same, the right. same as yeah, the same as the the same as the, the multitude did. Now, and people are gonna ask me, is this the place? No, it is not. We don't know. Maybe, but we don't know. Let's analyze what we just said about the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. So there are two main sites believed to be Golgotha. One is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is it's a B-side because it's there since the year 325 AD from the Byzantine uh, uh, Empire. The other one is the Garden Tomb, which was rediscovered only at the end of the 19th century. Okay, So people ask me, okay, so where is the place of the burial and resurrection of Jesus? And I tell them, you will never, ever be able to know the tomb of Jesus. Right. They said, why? I said, because if you're going to dig and you're going to find a skeleton, which is belonging to a guy the age in his 30s, was crucified around the year 30-something AD. That's not Jesus because he's not there. That's right. So the, you never know. There is no A-side because of the resurrection. You're never going to find a body. Right. And, and, and they do that because two things. One, because Moses, God went and hid Moses' bones because he didn't want, to be, want Moses to be worshipped. Mm -hmm. Okay? You're never going to find the true actual place of where Jesus was buried because the fact, number one, there's not a body there. No. Number two, salvation comes by grace through faith. And the resurrection is part of that faith because you have to, the gospel's the death, burial, and the resurrection. Mm -hmm. So God says that comes by faith, mm -hmm. not by sight. If you can see it by sight, it's not it's not true faith. Mm -hmm. So that's the purpose behind not being able to find the true, right, you know, burial but place. A lot of archaeologists will claim to say that Church of the Holy Sepulchre probably is the place because of archaeological vicinity. Again, until we will find the body of Jesus, which we will never will. Never will. Uh, it's a it's a complete uh, 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 fruitless uh, right. argument. Mm -hmm. Right. I would say about and this is because the 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 garden tomb is a big deal. It's a big deal. 
for me, when I go to the Church of Holy Sepulchre, I do not feel the presence of God. I don't. It's a beautiful tru- structure. It's very deep in history, very rich. But all this gold pouring from all over around, I, it doesn't penetrate my heart. When I go to the garden tomb, it does. So I feel much closer in the garden tomb. And I'm going to throw another stick to the pile just to confuse our listeners. All right? <laughs> in the Bible, we know that when Jesus was crucified, there was an earthquake and the veil was torn in half. Right. Correct. Right? The only place you can see the veil being torn in half is only if you're standing on Mount of Olives, which is east, east. of the temple. So maybe Golgotha is in Mount of Olives. Mount of Olives. I just destroyed a whole theory of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of where the Golgotha is. Right. But that's true. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's the beauty, too, of just archaeology in general is the continued proof of the Bible. And I think that's the focus and the point. Uh, one of the things that I find hysterical is building constructors and, like, archaeologists must hate the archaeological <laughs> community because that's how they find most things is they go to build either a hotel or they go to build um, a parking garage was how they found the city of David yeah. and the Magdala was because of a hotel. So I think what's interesting in that is that things are being uncovered daily in Israel um, that continue to prove the Bible truth. And I think that's one of the things I've loved so much in, in the times that we've gone is every time I've gone, there's something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that's one of the things we've encouraged a lot of people who maybe went to Israel 20, 30 years ago to go again because it's a totally different experience. Um, because there were several on our last trip that we took that had been in the 80s and they didn't even recognize the country. They no. didn't even see. Oh, it's, tra- it's totally transformed. I went as a child. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad uh, took me because they felt like it was important for me as as I have, was raised in the church. I'll tell you, Omer, it was a barren desert. Mm-hmm. It was dry, dusty, and hot. And that was probably, I was probably 8 or 10 years old. I'm 56 years old. So 40 years ago, mm-hmm. take currently Israel is the most beautiful, lush, green fruit producing everywhere. It It is truly, I mean, it, it is a blessed land. Mm-hmm. But this is the fulfillment of prophecies. Yep. That's right. That's exactly That's correct. That's exactly right. I, and why is that? I asked the question. So you bring that up, but why? I'm going to have to ask that question. Why is that? You're talking about the fulfillment of prophecies. Why is that? Why, why is the fulfillment of prophecies? So let's, my question, I'm, I'm asking a question in regards to an answer uh-huh. because of the fact that, that the fulfillment of the prophecy of, of the lush land coming back is the return of Christ. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Of his people of back his to people their homeland. homeland. That's, right. that's why it's so important. When you look at, at ancient travelers who, who travel into Israel, Ancient. <laughs> Ancient in American terms. <laughs> Mark Twain. Okay? Mark Twain was in Israel in 1864 or 63. He wrote a book by the name Innocence Abroad. Correct. Mark Twain was not the biggest fan of the Jewish faith. Let's be very politically correct here and polite. He was not. He visited Israel when it was under the Ottoman Empire. It's before the modern state of Israel. He described Magdala. Where well, we've been to Magdala. Correct. It's a beautiful piece of heaven it's gorgeous you know with lush green and beautiful ponds we've you've seen that it's, absolutely it's beautiful First hand. yeah he described magdala and i kid you not this is from his book innocence abroad he described magdala as a poor village made out of camel, camel dung <laughs> and he was there 100 years ago yeah 
and and in in a, and if you look at his town Hannibal, it didn't change that much in the past hundred years. You have another bridge, but the, there's not huge changes. If you go to Israel, it is completely transformed. I mean, to to as you said, you were there forty years ago. It looked like desert and dust. Israel today is is a little bit over seventy. It's beautiful, green, lush country. Orchards everywhere, mm-hmm. trees. I mean, I mean it's it is the land of fruit and honey. Mm-hmm. It is it right. is it is abounding. I've never seen pomegranates; they are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Citrus, lemons, at your home, you have a lime tree. You have you probably have six or seven uh, different fruit bearing trees in your home. Twenty two, but who's counting? Twenty two. <laughs> yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. And what's amazing is we can grow different uh, 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 trees that, that needs, you know, different climate. In my home, I have, I have an apple, tr- uh, apple uh, uh, tree that needs cold climate. And next, we have a date tree that it's a desert, you know, desert tree. And they all grow there and they all produce fruit. Amazing. Uh. Absolutely amazing. So one of the concerns our listeners might have is about what's the current state of Israel. I know... National news media, it shows over the last probably 30, 45 days, there's been some conflict, recent uprising. Of course, we know that there's always conflict. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just the way of life. So give us an update on what's going on currently. Kind of give your perspective on the conflict and um, give our, our listeners uh, some confidence why it's a very safe place to travel. I want to start by saying that, you know, I remember that, that when we had the skirmish with Gaza, it says war in Israel. I want our listeners to understand, war is an army versus an army that one army conquers land. That's a war. You don't conquer land with missiles. You aggravate people with missiles. You don't conquer the land. We had 4,200 missiles flying by a terrorist organization at our civilian population. 90% of them were intercepted by Iron Dome. 90%. Okay, still 420 missiles got through. Now, folks, just understand, 420 missiles can devastate a city. Sure it can. Yeah, we had 10 casualties. That's it, 10 casualties. So if I were one of the enemies of Israel, I would say, uh, I think that the Almighty is on their side. I would say so too. Yeah. I so think that, I think that statement was even made at one point. That it seemed that the, the, the conversation of one statement I heard through a news, through an article, that was in, uh, I think it was in the uh, Washington Post, said that uh, the, uh, a Palestinian statement was like um, to the to the regime of of um, it seemed as if God was watching over Israel and redirecting missiles yeah. that they had. The the amazing thing is, and this is this is just for 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 viewers and for, for listeners to understand. Israel is one of the safest places in the world. I can tell you the only time that I felt unsafe, I was walking with my girls and my wife. It was around 5 p.m. in the afternoon, and I was feeling very, very, very unsafe. And I said to my wife, this is a place I not want to go. Let's go home. That was on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing, and I was going to bring this up too, because speaking of Chicago, literally murder is up 200% in Chicago from last year. Mm-hmm. So you have, if you put it in perspective of... You guys just went through a missile crisis where another country tried to attack your country and only 10 people died. 
they just put a report out that in the last six months, over 200 people have been murdered in the city of Chicago. Correct. So therefore, think about that in the terms of quote unquote safety. Exactly. Yeah, there's global safety and then there's like personal safety. Right. 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 Um, Total different yeah. thing. My kids, and again, my oldest is 10 and my youngest is six. They go by themselves. You don't need to supervise them. They go to the grocery by themselves. They go to their friends by themselves. They cycle between villages by themselves, completely safe. My sister lives on the border with Gaza, right on the border. I mean, her next door, two, two, less than a mile, will be the Gaza Strip. Completely quiet. It's quiet over there. So every few, every period of time, we have problems with Hamas, which is a terror organization. Mm-hmm. And what they do is that they're trying to terrorize their own people because if you can terrorize your own people and blame someone else, then that's, this is something that how dictators used to do right. it throughout history. Just to give an example for our listeners, yesterday Israel offered one million vaccination shots to the Palestinian Authority. Their entire population is a little bit over two million. So Israel offered to vaccinate 50% of our enemies. You know what they did? They declined it. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. To your enemies. Why would you even have any compassion or... That's from the Bible. <laughs> that's from the Bible. The Bible commands us <clears throat> to respect to your enemy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's what we win, actually. Because God, God is saying, okay, you won. Fine. I was on your side. But your enemy is also my creation. That's correct. So you have to respect my creation. That's a big, and, and, and you know, and this is like why I think they will never win. If you don't follow, we just spoke about the book of Zechariah. If you don't follow God's instructions, then you'll not have those biblical values. There's no reason for you to win. That's correct. You win to glorify God. Mm-hmm. That's, right. That's right. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And they declined the vaccines. I wonder what the media will say about that now. <laughs> it either won't get spoken <laughs> Probably of. won't even make it, yeah. <laughs> so um, let's talk about your family just for a little bit. You have two incredible children, probably one of the most intelligent daughters at her age. She's now 10, mm-hmm. and she has a passion for learning the Word of God. Yeah. I mean, she demonstrated that. You welcomed us into your home. And it was amazing, her knowledge. And, and it's the way that you educate your children. It's a little bit different than the way things are done in Israel versus in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of your life. It's part of your culture. It's what you do on a daily basis. Um, you have a beautiful wife. Thank you. And I'm blessed. <laughs> she is absolutely, she creates beautiful works of art through jewelry. Mm-hmm. And so uh, tell us a little bit about your home. Tell us a little bit about your family. And then I understand that you are fixing to move to a new location, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about that. I, I kind of gave you a hard time earlier. I said, he just wants to be a cowboy. And then he corrected <laughs> me and says, I am a cowboy. <laughs> so share with us just a little bit about that. Sure, sure, sure. My, my background is farming. I come from a farmer community. Uh, I used to milk cows when I was a kid. I used to own a wonderful 2010 John Deere. All of my, you've seen it. In my house, I have models of John, John Deere. Nothing runs like a deer. So my new Jerusalem is Moline, actually. It's not, it's not Jerusalem. It's Moline, Moline, Illinois. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, anyway, my home is very, very 
biblical-focused home, very biblical. I grew up in a biblical environment in Jezreel Valley. So all around me was the playground of Jesus when he was a child. I do the same thing because the Bible commands us in Deuteronomy, teach your children. Correct. Absolutely. That's a complete direction of God, teach your children. So every Shabbat, that's what we're going to do on the Shabbat dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Every Shabbat, our way to celebrate Shabbat is learning scriptures. It's a little bit different than the way you do it in the States. In Israel, we encourage debate. You need to debate because steel sharpens steel. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it, you don't, need, you don't need to win because everybody agrees that the Bible is correct. The Bible is correct. So from that assumption, build any tower that you want. But the foundation is exactly the same. Correct. So it's very different than the debate, I think, anywhere else but Israel. That you know, In a, in a regular, regular debate, you need to win the debate. In Israel, you do not. In Israel, it's it's okay not to agree, and then you have coffee together. It's perfectly fine. Right. That's what. By the way, that's what Jesus did every single Shabbat. That's exactly correct. Yeah. So my my daughters, both of them, Tamar is a little bit too young, but Ella Ella knows the word very 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 well. She's very much immersed into this. She's uh, uh, it really interests her a lot. And uh, every Shabbat we speak about this. I live now in a very biblical area in the Ella Valley with David Slugoliath. And we are fixing to move to the Golan Heights, not just to the Golan Heights. We are going to move exactly on the location of the Miracle of the Swines, on the cliffs of Gadara. And I want to share this with you. I, I said that yesterday to Sadie. When you're going to walk into my home, there's a big patio, which I'm going to put scripture that says, go and tell your friends what God has done for you today. That's and great. that is exactly where Jesus said it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. He just always wanted to move to Texas. That's why sure, he came yeah, and visited, sure. you know? That's what it is. Right. Are we going to get him a hat and some boots? Oh, I already have. Yeah, we've, done, <laughs> we've done. We've done. We tried to buy him some yesterday, and he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't uh, I already have we them. already gave him some. Yeah. Listen, Golan Heights, for, 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 for our listeners that have never been there, Golan Heights is Jewish cowboys. I know yeah. how mm-hmm. crazy it sounds. I've literally been to a cow, quote-unquote cowboy restaurant in the mountains of the Golden Heights, and it was the food was amazing. But it was definitely, it would be like you walk into similar style of steakhouse in Texas. Yeah, I mean, literally pictures of John Wayne on the wall, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. not a joke. Actual, <laughs> like it's called the Cowboy Restaurant. There's, yeah. there's Clint Eastwood in the bathroom. I mean, it's it's a whole thing. But we're gonna call it not John Wayne, Yohanan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, do the pil- how would you how would he do the uh, I tell you pilgrim in Hebrew? The what, the what? His whole thing is, and I'll tell you, pilgrim. Ah, uh, <laughs> how uh, would you say that in Hebrew? Tov, takshiv, ole regel. It doesn't sound good in Hebrew. Yeah, no, no, no. It translate well. It doesn't does go it? well. No, no, no. That's, That's lost in translation right, right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned that uh, one of the things that we're going to experience tonight is the Shabbat dinner. Mm-hmm. So tell our listeners, uh, you know, why would you. Um, why are we doing that here in with Christian Missions? It's part of our ministry. Um, explain a little bit about that and the importance of it. Give us a little sample of, of the importance of the Shabbat dinner. Well, Shabbat, to remember the Shabbat is a biblical command. It's actually from the Ten Commandments, remember the Shabbat. The idea is to, to, to honor God for the creation. So on the sixth day, usually Shabbat dinner is going to be on Friday night because in Judaism, way before the calendar that we have now, a, a day started at sunrise but ended at sundown. It's no midnight. When the sun is gone, that's it. That's the end of the day. Okay? Or we say in Hebrew, yom. All right? So you celebrate on Friday night because that's when Friday is over and then Shabbat is about to come. 
the idea of Shabbat is to commemorate the fact that God gave us uh, rest, which is something that today we take it very for granted. Of course, vacation and time off. Who thought about time off 5,000 years ago? Actually, you know, we, we, we know that the Jews back then were mocked by their uh, uh, neighbors. They said, oh, those lazy people, they don't work on Shabbat. Not just they don't work on Shabbat, they don't make their slaves work on Shabbat. Mm. And their donkeys work on Shabbat. And their midwives work on Shabbat. Their land, they don't, they don't work on Shabbat. Right. We know today, imagine today you're going to go to someone and take the Shabbat away, take the, the, the vacation time away from them, they're going to collapse. Mm. We know that. So God in his infinite wisdom said, same thing as I rested, you need to rest. Right. And Shabbat is actually, it's a beautiful, beautiful ritual. That you, It's a very family-oriented uh, ritual, very family-oriented. Every Jewish family has Shabbat dinner. Different ways and different styles, but every single one have it. It starts with communion. When Jesus broke the bread and gave the wine, that's not a Christian thing. That's a Jewish thing. So it's the same thing. We do the exact same thing. The blessing is a little bit different, but the idea is the same Same idea. We'll do it today. Mm-hmm. You break the bread, you, uh, 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 you share the wine, and then you do the blessing, and you read the book of Genesis to commemorate the day of the, day of the creation. Rest. Exactly, the creation. After that, you have a series of songs. You eat. There's a nice tradition in my home. You'll see it, how, the way you distribute the bread. It's not very, um, <laughs> how should I describe it? It's a little wild, but it's fun. It's fun. I'm not going to say it's not kosher, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's challenging. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, after you finish the meal, uh, uh, you go to do Bible studies. The longer you do the Bible studies, the better. That's the idea of appreciation of Shabbat. Amazing. One of the things whenever I experienced uh, Israel and whenever I went to The Bible Comes to Life on this study experience is the way that, um, you know, we've been in church all of our life. We've studied the Word of God, and we're standing upon the rock Mm -hmm. at the location. And then whenever you are um, leading the tour, you always read from the Word of God, and then we will quote it back to you. Like you'll say, okay, so so what is your understanding about this place? And then you will say, we will we will give an answer, but you go, oh, wait, wait, there's so much more to that. This word in Hebrew or Aramaic means this. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Caesarea Philippi, I believe, that all of a sudden, I, I, I guess my experience went to another level because of that so share with us just a little bit as you um and it's about knowledge it's Mm -hmm. about teaching it's about experiencing and it's enlightening and taking the word of god and to where it's uh it was very personal to me and so share with us a little bit about that and what you've experienced with other groups that Mm -hmm. you've taken about that i think cesare philippi is a very very good example a very good example when you stay in Caesarea Philippi, just for our listeners to understand, Caesarea Philippi was one of the biggest pagan centers in the time of Jesus. It was not a Jewish city. It was a pagan city. And over there, they had a shrine dedicated to Hades, mm-hmm. the king of the underworld, of hell. Okay? And there is a cave that they used to throw goats into that cave to sacrifice for Hades because the ancient Greek believed that this is one of the portals that leads into the realm of Hades. When Jesus was there with the disciples, he said to Peter, to Shimon, to Simon, he said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, community, not church. 
See, and that's what we have been instructed forever. Right? Right. But Be- that's where context matters. Exactly. You know, when you when people go, we do study to also to Turkey. So when people go to see the seven churches revelation, what is the first thing they're looking for? They think they're looking for a Catholic church. They're looking for church. Yeah. For yeah, a building. We want to see the structure. Exactly. Yeah, there is no structure. But if you read the book of Revelation, book of Revelation says to the angels of the church of Laodicea. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's not what it says. It says to the leader of the community of Laodicea. Right. Because the Greek translation of a community is a church. But it comes from the word synagogue, synagogue gathering. Right. It's not a building. Today, when you say church, it's a building. So many people will understand, upon this rock, I will build my structure. Mm. But the house of God is not walls. House of God is in our hearts. It is us. Right. Of course, right. it is it's us. It's our community. Of course. We are the church. Right. As your dad says, we is, we the, is church. the church. We yes. is the church. We is the church. And, and, well, and, and it falls back into that word ecclesia as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, ecclesia is nothing more than assembly. Mm-hmm. You don't, a, you, a building doesn't assemble. No. People assemble. You, when you call your court to order, you're assembling and you're calling forth an ecclesia. That's correct. And you're, you, you've got a structure behind it. It's the same thing in biblical terms. God said there's a structure behind my community and how I'm going to build my community to come forward, if you use that word community. Exactly. Which is ecclesia. I'm going to tell you, though, our listeners, I cannot, I cannot do it justice there's something that happens when you're standing in that spot, reading the Word of God, educating, because as you said, it is educational. It's a study tour. I cannot explain to you how that reveals and changes and stirs your heart, and it stimulates your mind. And then what I've found that I do is I have a desire to go deeper mm-hmm. and to study sure. more. You know, one of the things I yeah. think that my girls... Why, why, why my girl that she's 10 years old loves the Bible so much? Why? Because what she sees, what, what I teach her on Shabbat, the next morning we go traveling, and she sees her with her own eyes. It's not Brothers Grimm. It's not Rapunzel, lay down your hair. It's not it. This is when we speak about Absalom cutting in the Ella tree. I don't know how you say it in English, but the tree that, that he was caught in. Uh-huh. And you see the tree that is very thick and it's very uh, tangled. And if someone with a long hair will ride underneath, it's probably going to get stuck. It's going to happen. Right. It's going to happen. So when a child at the age of 10, you know, their imagination is going wild, right? But if they see the, the facts, that what you just told them, the story, here's the fact. It's amazing. And we need to remember also, when the Bible, when God gave us the Bible, the Bible is not just written out in the air. It has geographical context to it. Right. When Jesus went to choose, why did he go to Caesarea Philippi? He could go to any other. He could go to 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 Hippos, also a very big sure. pagan city, or Tiberius, because of the portal of Hades. Right. He came and said, "Those who will follow me, not the building, the community who will follow me, I'm the way, I'm the I'm the life, right? Right. If they will follow my teaching, even the gates of hell will not overcome them. Mm-hmm. That what it means. It's not a building or a, a actual key. That's not mm-hmm. it. It's right. it's much deeper than that. And I think too." Uh, because I'm glad you brought up Caesarea Philippi. I think of all the sites that we visit, that is one of the most, especially with the trips that I've been on, that's where most people, I think, take away something that they hadn't thought of contextually. Just like you're saying, he literally took them somewhere and met them where they were. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly who Jesus is. That's exactly the nature of God, is he meets you right in the middle of where you are. 
so that you can understand contextually. He goes, I see you. I see what you think and how you think, but now I'm going to show you a better way. And that's exactly what Jesus did in that moment was he took them to a place that for Jewish people, you don't go there. That's it's. <laughs> and I'm going to throw another thing. When Jesus was there with the disciples, let's just, we're going to do a small Shabbat study right here, right now. When Jesus go to the disciples, what, what is another thing that he says to them in Caesarea Philippi? Who am I? Who am I? Why did he mm-hmm. ask them in the middle of a pagan world? People say I am. Exactly. Yeah. Because he wanted them, if any one of them would have said something that has to do with paganism mm-hmm. because of, of a personal worshiping, this is the place to say no. That's right. not yeah. that's not what I am. So Jesus actually asked the disciples in the heart of the pagan world, who am I? Right. That brings a lot more connection and a lot more, more right. context to the story. Right. And I think too, especially it's a, yes, we talked about your children. Um, one of the things too that I think of, Jewish culture is much more deeply rooted in the Bible than say American culture, obviously. However, I think still the way that you teach your kids is a step above and a level above what most kids their age are getting. And I think, but in the same context, I think it's something we should all take away from because you have to put an emphasis on learning the word of God and on building a community with your children because right now they're not getting that elsewhere, especially in the last year with COVID, half of the world has been on Zoom. Right. They're not getting any sort of community. They're only getting basically whatever their iPad tells them. Um, and then even before that, my generation grew up with a like quote unquote youth groups that they threw pizza at kids. They had a few games. They did a few fun things, but they didn't teach them the value of the word. They didn't teach right. them the value of community. And I think that's one of the things God is really trying to break in, in the American culture that has to be broken. Um, that, that church is passive. Well, it's not about going to church. It's not about attending. It's about developing a one-on-one relationship with God and then bringing that into your relationship with your friends. Um, and I think that's something there are far too many passive Christians. I've talked with people who say that they have quote unquote blind faith in the Bible that's not faith. If you if you don't have any sort of foundation of, of understanding that the Word of God is alive and it's truth and it's relevant to your life and you're able to apply Scripture to your life today, then we have to have a deeper conversation of, okay, what do you believe? Because if, if the Word isn't truth and you you it's not relevant to your life, then we have to start digging deeper and finding out how can we help you understand that this is not just fairy tales. Because for a lot of Christians, it is Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. There is no difference between what happened at Caesarea Philippi to them and and what happened in Alice in Wonderland with the Mad Hatter. They they don't see a difference. And so I think that's where the truth comes in and where context matters and where culture matters and where history matters. And I think that's one of my favorite things that the Bible Comes to Life does is it's all about applying past history, past archaeology with current truths. How do we bridge the gap? How do we prove that the Bible was relevant then as it is today? And so that's one of the things that I feel like really makes a difference with people. And so we've got, that's one thing we've done, I know for sure, since we started going in the last four years, is Mm -hmm. really trying to apply what we've learned in Israel, bringing that back home and trying to help reteach, relearn, reorganize how we teach the gospel because it does matter. Right. Israel's open back up. Mm-hmm. 
Israel is open now uh, uh, to individuals. Uh, they are saying that by uh, early July, which is now, in two weeks, right, they're going to do pilots of trying to get people in. Uh, I strongly believe and hope that by the fall, we'll be, we'll be open again, which is great because you don't want to come to Israel in the summertime. Mm. It's way too hot, way too expensive, way too many kids on vacation. You don't want to go there. <laughs> and so. it's already hot in Texas. Why would I want to go somewhere else? <laughs> exactly, where it's even hotter. But you know what? Realistically, our listeners could go ahead, do the research, check out, Google it. The Bible comes to life. And you can begin planning now for a trip in January, February. And it was very pleasant for me and my wife. And we, matter of fact, we had a jacket on the majority yeah. of the time. Yeah. It was cool in the mornings. Yeah. And so we, I, we, we, are, we are ministry partners with, the, with Christian Mission and also with Wall Builders. So, right. so uh, court here is right next to me. So if, if anyone is interested in going on a study tour, and again, it's a study tour. If people think they're going to have fun in the sun, go to Florida. That's right. not the reason why we come into Israel. Or get souvenirs. Or get souvenirs, yeah, the Amazon.com. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if they want to... Do it to before you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> I kid you not. Listen, you're going to save, you know, uh, uh, on custom. You're going to save time. You're going to save uh, 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 on space in the, in the luggage. To yeah. be fair, we do make sure that we make a few stops with. Yeah, they forced things. me to do it. They right. paint my hounds. Yeah. We do. We do make sure there is a few authentic <laughs> stops, but we will. We do our best to keep people away from the quote unquote made in China yeah. trinkets that you literally could buy on Amazon. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but, but yeah, there are <laughs> yes, there, there are some stops. I know this because every time we are, uh, I'm, I'm traveling with my family, and I said no shopping. My wife said, "Okay, take it out of your system." Vent, good. Let's go and shop. Yeah, <laughs> let's go shop a little bit about it. But we encourage our listeners to do some research, to reach out to wall builders, reach out to Christian missions, and and uh, there are several groups that come and and a part of your ministry. Mm-hmm. And it is a ministry. It is a study tour. So, Omar, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for coming to Texas. And most importantly, thank you for coming to Jack County. Yeah. You know what? I We worked yesterday on raising the Israeli flag at Christian oh, Missions, yep. mm-hmm. and it is it flies proudly at our church. Do you know that in our National Day of Prayer here at the courthouse, we raised the Israeli flag mm-hmm. in honor of the relationship between the United States and Israel? We had a lot of people that didn't understand that. You know what our response was? Go study the Word of God. Yep. You you tell me that it is not biblical. Blessed is the nation who blesses Israel. I am Genesis twelve three. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yes. Yeah. Thank you so very much for being here. Thank you so much it for having me. It is an honor, and I'm looking forward to our Shabbat dinner tonight. Thank you. Praise right. be to God. Thank you. It'll be good.